one of us. We drive scarcity away from this church. We drive scarcity away. Plenty, abundance is your portion. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Isaiah 50 verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. You may be seated. Thank you so much, team. Thank you, thank you for that awesome time of worship. Amen, amen. Before I go into the message, just some quick announcements. Two weeks from now, we are going to have uh, a barbecue fundraiser. Pastor Al is leading it. We have some things the worship team needs. It's about $2,000 total. $4,000. Ooh, you're like expensive. I thought it was two. We're trying to raise about $4,000. Don't you all like the way our worship team is just awesome? Things are getting gooder and gooder. So we're trying to raise the 4000 for them to get some of the equipment they need. So we need everyone to help. Um, we have a wonderful body of believers here. We have a wonderful body of believers. We do need more people, however, to step up. You know, they're just, in the church, it's always like that. You have 80% or 20% of the people doing 80% of the work, but we want to switch that. And that's what we are praying for, that God will give us, everybody who comes here, heart to find something to do. In fact, next Sunday, Pastor Michael Murray will be preaching and he has, he's going to present something amazing to the church that God has told us to do. And then beginning in September, we are praying and fasting about certain things God is asking us to do. This church was built on evangelism and outreach. That's what this church was built on. And that's what we are going to continue doing. We are going to go out there to the highways, to the byways, and we are going to compel them to come to the Lord. So it's not something that just a few people can do. We have some people doing three or four or five things. One thing is if you are saved, you can find something to do for the Lord. And so in two weeks when we do the barbecue fundraiser, we need help with setting up, tearing down, buying the tickets, everything. We need help. So if you can help, please see Pastor Al. He's always out there by the welcome table. So we can talk, you can talk to him and sign up where we need help. Um, also, every morning there's prayer going on here. So please, if you can make it, make it and be here. And then every Monday, tomorrow, every Monday we do fast as a church. If you can miss a meal and just pray in the spirit for the things God is going to be doing in the church. We are going to be launching quite a few things to invite the community, marriage, children, deliverance. Uh, evangelism, a lot of things God is asking us to do. We, the leaders, are fasting and we are praying. But when we present it, we believe that God will light the fire in your heart also so that we all can join hands to win souls. We want all these seats filled. We don't want any empty seat here anymore. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today, this message is a message 
of self-evaluation. A message of self-assessment. As a believer, if you know the Lord, it is important that from time to time, you assess yourself. You evaluate yourself and say, okay, in this walk that I'm on with the Lord, how am I doing? God is faithful to us. The love of God never changes. The love of God for us is unconditional. This message is not in a, it's no attempt to make anybody feel condemned or any way, but once you are saved, this is something you must always do because the reason why is because our hearts, the Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And so we have to assess, and the title is, Do I Love God? That's just it. Do I love God? Do I love God the way that God loves me? Can God count on me the way I count on him? Am I faithful to God the way he's faithful to me? Can God count on me the way I can count on him? Those are the questions that are hard, but we must ask ourselves. Because the world we live in now is so easy. The Bible says, wide is the road that leads to destruction. It says, narrow is the way that leads to life. It says, only few will find it. And he says, the love of many, the love of many, not few, many, he says, we grow cold. The love is the love. So those many that their love will grow cold, they might still be in church. They might still be in activities. But God says the love has grown cold. So we want to measure our love for God today. In Mark chapter 12, 29 to 30, Jesus answered and said, The first of all commandments is this. Hear you, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And he says, and you shall love the Lord with what? All of it, all of it. With all your heart, and he went, all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And he's telling you that you are in charge of it, that's what he's trying to say. You are in charge of your heart, you are in charge of your soul, you are in charge of your mind, you are in charge of your strength, and I want it all. I want all of it. Not part of it. Not sometimes. I want all of it. Because it takes habit. Sometimes, like I said, our hearts can easily stray. You started hot with the Lord with this Sunday school together today. And we talked about Solomon. The Bible says when Solomon started, he said Solomon loved the Lord. And Solomon sacrificed 22,000 sheep to the Lord. Because of his love for the Lord. He loved God. And because he loved God and was doing things the way God wanted, God gave him so much wisdom and so much riches and so much rest and so much prosperity. And then a few chapters down, 
Solomon loved women. And those women took his heart away from the Lord. He lost his love for the Lord. So do I love God the way he wants me to love him? Is God my errand boy to give me, give me, give me? Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. I told you this is a self-evaluation. Nobody's going to probably clap today and that's fine. (laughs) That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the sense what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ, which passes all understanding, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So the love that God is expecting from us is a love that is not just ordinary. It's a love that has dimensions to it. That love has width, it has height, it has depth, and it has length. And I'm going to go ahead and talk about that in a little while, what that means. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who what? It's not those who pray. It's not those who fast. It's not those who show up in church. It's for those who love God. God has things prepared for those who love him. So this is one of the foundational teachings and doctrines that we must never forget. The love that we have for God. We know that if you have couples living together in a home, and they are just living together, there's no intimacy, there's no love going be, 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 between them. We've seen that happen. Where really they just, they're just under the same roof. That's basically what's going on. So that's what God is asking us to take a look at ourselves. Is that the kind of relationship we have with God now? Are we still intimate with the Lord? Are the things of God pushing us to do, the love of God pushing us to do things? Or are there ulterior motives why we do the things we do for the Lord? Are we pursuing him because of what he can do for us? I want a good husband. I want a good wife. I want a good business. I want money. And so I serve him. And when those things come, then I back off until I need him again. And there's another crisis. Then I pursue again. God wants the pursuit of him in our life to be constant, to be strong, to be zealous, to be passionate all the time, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And it says here, it says, take heed, Joshua 23 and 11. It says, take careful heed to yourselves that you love God. That's a warning. It says, take careful heed to yourselves that you love God. That means it's very easy for your love for the Lord to start waxing cold and you may not even know. So that's why messages like this, as hard as it may sound, is needed for us to self-evaluate ourselves. For us to reassess our walk with the Lord. 
Because a lot of things are happening around us to draw us away from the love of God. To draw us away from our dedication to the Lord. And he says, take careful heed to yourselves that you love God. Amen? And our love for God must not be for personal gain. In John 21 verse 15, they had eaten, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Do you love God more than the things he can give to you? If today God doesn't do anything more for you, will you still serve him? That's a hard question. If God doesn't do one more thing for you today, for the rest of your life, will you still serve him? Will you still love him? Do you love me more than this? Do you love me more than the fish? That's why he asked Peter. God knows us very well. He knows us. He told the church in Revelation chapter 2 to the church of Ephesus. This is probably what this was what I was reading that started this, this message. He told the church, he said, I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. That's a good church, right? He says that you have tested those who say they are apostles and they are not. So you can tell those who are deceptive and have found them to be liars. And you have persevered and have patience. That means this church had endurance. They were doing everything. They went through persecution, but they were patient. They endured. He said, now you have labored for my name's sake. I have not become weary. I mean, that's a church that everybody would clap for. They are not deceived. They are patient. They've endured terrible times. They have stayed with the Lord. They know what is evil. They went away from it. They work hard. They are not weary in doing what they are doing. But look at what he said, Jesus said in verse 4. Nevertheless, I have this against you. That church that is so good. After all these things, something against that kind of a church? Yeah. And what did he say? He says, you have left your first love. You have left your first love. Jesus said, I know. I know your works. So everything that was being done, he was aware. God is aware of everything going on. Jesus knows everything that we are doing, you and I. He sees our hearts. He sees what we are doing. He sees the motives behind what we are doing. If it's motivated out of love for him or if it's motivated out of other things. And he told this church, I know. I can see. Yes, you've done this, you've done this, you've done this, and those are good. But, nevertheless, I have this one thing against you. Nevertheless, it's a sub, that's a, a statement that's very sobering. He says, you've done all of that. It's almost like, but. So this one thing canceled out all of that. This one thing, living the first love, living the love of God, canceled out all the good things. No wonder Jesus said, some will stand before me on the last day and they will say, I did this miracle, I did this sign, I did this wonder, I did this great thing. 
And he would look at them straight in the eye and he would say, Depart from me for I don't know who you are. Love, relationship with the Lord, intimacy is what makes the Lord know you. God is not impressed by what we do for him if we don't love him. We can do all things, but if it's not from a love motive, if you don't love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, everything you're doing will not pay you at the end. He will say, I don't know who you are. Intimacy. Intimacy with the Lord. Taking the time to be in His presence. Taking the time to love Him. Taking the time to tell Him, Father, whatever it is, I will follow you for the rest of my days, whether you bless me or not. I love you, Lord. He told this church, you have left your first love. They were busy doing all kinds of things, but it was not rooted and grounded in love. The good thing is, He said, you have left your first love, he didn't, say you, he didn't say you lost it. When you lose something, you may not find it again. When you leave something, you can go back to it. So he told them you left. So there was the possibility that they could go back. And that's the purpose of this message today. That if you've left your first love, please go back. Go back. He's always there like the father of the prodigal son. He's waiting for you to come back. Evaluate how you are doing spiritually. Evaluate your love walk with the Lord. The love for God for you is never in question. The love of God for us is never in question. He's always for us and not against us. But we have to make sure too that he too can rely on us. Amen. So if you've loved, lost your first love, please go back. Now, love is not excitement. There's two different things. When you're first in love, when you first meet a man, or when you first meet a woman and you're in love, everything is exciting, the thrill of their touch and all of that, their voice. But as you mature and the years go by, the love even deepens more. And so when you're serving God, sometimes you may not feel anything. But your love for Him, the matured love you now have for God, the commitment, and I'm coming to that, that must come with that love is deep now. Because you have history with God now, you know? You've been through so many things with Him. You now know how He talks to you. You can have a conversation with Him and no other person understands like two lovers do. You see a husband and a wife will have a whole conversation with their eyes and nobody knows what they are talking about. That's the kind of love relationship God wants to have with us. As we grow in love with him, as the years go by, you so know him that he can, you feel the impulses of the spirit. Sometimes it's not even reading the scriptures. You can just feel the impulses of the spirit and you just know, oh, that's God talking to me. It might be a phrase, a song, just one thing in a song, and you know that was for you. But that comes from the love relationship that you maintain with him. He says, remember where you have fallen from. He says, remember from where you have fallen and go back to your first love. So what are the things God wants us to remember? Again, I'll go to Mark chapter 12. 
when Jesus answered and said, the first of all commandment is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And the study says that you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So what God wants you to remember today is that you were made to love him. He, you, everything about you, your creation was made to love God. And that is why nothing else can take the place of God in your heart. Nothing else can take the place of God in your life. Because you were made to, to love Him. God is love. And He made us in His image and His likeness. And so you too are made to love. And so when you do anything out of love, you feel that, you, you feel it that it's not right. You love God. If you don't love God, you're doing things, you feel that hole, that heaviness. If you're not loving people the way God wants you to love them, it's the same way you feel that heaviness. You feel that weight because God made you to love Him. That's all God wants from us. God doesn't want anything from us but to love Him. Everything. But we can do so much more for Him when it's coming out of that heart of love. We can do so much more. Amen? And love gives. Love is not take and take and take. Married couples, you know that. Love is give and take. We pray most of the time when we are praying, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, and give me more. But what are we giving to him? What are we giving to the Lord? In, in, in exchange for what? I mean, like I said, if he never does anything for us again, the fact that we will spend eternity with him, the psalmist says, oh, what is man that you are so mindful of him? What is man made from, from dust? We are really, when you, the sum of us, if everything, those that, if, if, you, if those that die and they cremate them, it's all like this little box. That's how we amount to. There's really nothing to man. The fact that he put his spirit in you, the spirit of the almighty God, he put that spirit in you and he called you to himself and he gave you everything that belongs to Christ. The Bible says we are co-heirs with Jesus. That alone should make you follow your face every day and say, Lord, I love you. Even if he does nothing, absolutely nothing for you. The fact that when you die, when you leave this earth, if Jesus tarries, you're going to spend eternity with him. We don't deserve that. And so our relationship with the Lord should be based on that thankfulness, the gratefulness, the gratitude of all he's done. And not always, God, give me, give me, give me. And 90% of the time, our prayers are based on give me, give me, give me. Love gives. Love is not just taking, taking, taking. What are we giving to the Lord? What are we giving? Our time are we giving to God? Are we willing to forgo comfort to God? Our, our strength, what are we giving our strength to? Our heart, this is all of it. What are we giving our hearts to? What are we giving our time to? John chapter 15 verse 13. It says, greater love has no man than this, 
than to lay down one's life for his friends. Who was he talking about? He was talking about Jesus. Jesus gave, God gave so much, he loved the world that he gave. And then Jesus came and added more to it. He gave his life and laid it down for us. We can at least get out of bed and do something for God. Amen? Amen. Galatians 2 verse 20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh... Everything about me, my life, my flesh, my soul, my spirit, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So that's the motivation. Now, like I talked about, there are depths and qualities of love. When you say, I love God, or when God is asking you this morning, do you love me? There are five things we want to consider about loving God that we are going to grade ourselves on. I'm going to grade myself, and I want you to grade yourself. And this is between you and the Lord, so that you can, all you need to do is just to switch and change some things. Because nobody is perfect. God is not expecting us to be perfect. But God is at least wanting us to make an effort. Amen? The first one is obedience. Obedience. Because it says, let Christ, let the love of God be rooted and grounded in your life. So that you can understand the width, the depth, the length, and the height. So the first dimension of love for God is obedience. John chapter 14 verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Let's just stop there. If you love God, you will keep his word. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. So the dwelling of God in you, the presence of God in you, the constancy of God in you is, is, is due to that. Loving God first, that's the first prerequisite. That you love God first and you obey Him. Because you can only measure love by obedience in the eyes of God. That's why He said obedience is better than sacrifice. When you obey Him, He knows that you love Him. John chapter 15 verse 10. He says, if you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love. So those that are not keeping God's commandments, if you don't obey him, you're really not abiding in his love. You are not staying in the love of God if you don't keep his commandments. That's what he's saying. So disobedience is a failure of God's love. Amen? Amen. These days, I was talking with Gemini the other day. She said, these days, what is happening is... People want to, to say they are Christians, but still do everything the world does. And then they will still tell you they are Christians. In fact, they will tell you they are, they are more Christian believers than you. But they will do things so outside of what God asked to, for us to do, and they don't even feel a thing. You will see young couples living together. And they will try and tell you why they need to do it, and they are believers. You will see people cheating, lying, 
hurting people, hateful, vengeful. And they'll tell you they are Christians. They know the scriptures. If you don't obey God, God says he will not abide with you. And these things are the things, you know, this scripture, like my husband will always say, scriptures will always be fulfilled. One day, there are some people that will stand before the Lord and he will say, I don't know you. It's going to happen. So this is the time for us to assess ourselves, readjust some things, and say, am I obeying the Lord? When I read something in the scriptures that says, do this or don't do this, the Bible says, for him that knows the right thing to do and does not do it, for him it is sin. So what is God asking you to do that over the years, over the months, over the weeks, you've not done it? It's not showing that you love him. Amen? The second thing is passion. Passion for God. Passion for God. Love is expressed in passion. And the, the fruit of passion is pursuit. If you say you love a man and you love, or you love a woman and they don't pursue you or, or, or show passion for you, are you going to agree that they love you? When you're dating somebody, those that are married here, you know how your husbands or your wives, how you pursued each other. So how can you say you love God and there's no passion for God? How can you say you love God and there's no passion for the things of God? How can you say you love God and the things of God is not putting fire in your spirit, in your heart, in your soul? How can you say you love God when you're not pursuing after the things of God? That's not love. Passion. It's a dimension of our love for God that he must see. Passion for his house. Passion for what he's passionate about. Souls. And that's some of the things we are going to be doing in this church now. I want to see all of us passionate about them. When it's time to go witnessing, let's have a good turnout. When it's time for us to pray, let's have a good turnout. When you see somebody because you want them to go to heaven, because you know God is passionate about souls, talk to them about Jesus. The things of God, we have to be passionate about it. And passion is not something that you can fake. Somebody can tell if you don't have passion. I was talking to Pastor, uh, Pastor Al. He was saying the other day, uh, Scott was, was in the heat. He was, they were mowing and, and edging the lawn and he almost fell over because of overheating. And I'm like, that is passion. Passion for the house of God. They want, they want the field, they want the property to always look nice and neat. And these two men have taken it on themselves. No matter how the weather is, 107, 109, out there, they are still doing it. They are not paid for it. And then there are some that come to church, whether it's clean or it's not clean, to even give offering or give tithe, that's, that's too much. I mean, it's not for, we're not doing it for any human being. It's your love for God has to be shown. We have, it's action. Love is action. If I say I love you and I don't do anything for you, I don't love you. God is passionate about us. God pursues us relentlessly. He will live the 99 and come after you. 
We can live more comfort and run after him too. He can be pursuing us all the time and we are not willing to do anything for him. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 11. It says, but you, O man of God, you, O ark fellowship, flee these things and pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, pursue faith, pursue love, pursue patience, and pursue gentleness. The third dimension is commitment. Love for God is expressed in commitment. And commitment is staying power, staying, abiding, through thick and thin. Again, married couples, whatever happens, you are in it. In the good times, you are in it. In the bad times, you are in it. You're committed to this person and you've said your vows and you're committed and you're staying, you're abiding. Jesus did it for us. He stayed on that cross, he abided and did everything God required of him to make sure that we get saved, to make sure that we live with him for eternity. We didn't even deserve it. He did all of that. He abides even now with us. He abides with us when we sin. He abides with us when we forsake him. He abides with us when we lie. He abides with us through it all. He abides with us. We too can do the same. We too can do the same. Abide with him. Stay with him. Whenever things are good, whenever things are bad, in the rain, in the sun, when he's not answering your prayers, when he's answering your prayers, you stay with him. And God told me last night, which is the word I gave one of them, he says, the silence of God is even a voice. No matter how silent God is, he's still speaking. And so you can't have a Christian in and out, in and out. One day you're hot for the Lord, the next day you're out because God has not answered your prayer. But you don't realize that when he's not answering you, he's doing the greatest miracle in your life. But you're not staying enough for you to see the end of it. You dig it out, it's like you put a seed in the ground. You're going there to open it up every day to see when is it going to grow, when is it going to grow. Sometimes you have to let the dirt stay. When you put that seed in, you throw dirt on it. But that seed knows when it's time to grow. So when God throws dirt on you, it doesn't mean you are dead. It doesn't mean God has killed you. That seed will die, but it's going to grow. So let God kill what needs to be killed. But please, abide. Don't dig that seed out. Commitment. Commitment. That's what we lack. Commitment. Somebody you can count on. Somebody that will be there to three canteen. Oh, I love you guys. I love this church. I love this church. I thank the Lord for you all every day. Because you have staying power. You are committed. You know how to abide. You know how to love through thick and thin. I love you guys. Because you have shown me what it is to abide. You have shown me. You have shown me. Abide. Abide. Pastor Mike. 
There's some things about you. For 20 years, every morning you're here praying. For 20 years. You think about it. For 20 years, for a man, every morning, sometimes even on Sundays, except he's on vacation, that's when you won't see Michael West in this church praying every morning. What is that? How many of us can boast of that? Commitment. Number four. Give me five minutes. I'm almost done. Increase and abundance is a dimension of God too. If you're serving God and all you have is trouble, pain, trouble, pain, something is wrong with your experience. Because when you serve God, he says, I didn't ask you to serve me in vain. So when you're serving God too, you're supposed to have pleasure. He says, at his right hand, there are pleasures, right? Forevermore. So if you find that your life is just a cycle of pain and disappointment in and out, you need to go back and check your love for the Lord too. Because if you love God, yeah, you will have times of trouble, but you're also going to have a lot of time of pleasure and and, and happiness and, and, and plenty and abundance and increase. So don't let anybody tell you that if you're serving the Lord, you're always supposed to have a, a long face. Things are always, we don't always have to be in battle. I know the Bible says the days of a man is full of trouble, but it's not all the time. So if you're going through trouble all the time, find the enemy and break his neck. Just find him and break his neck. That's what you just need to do. But check your love, check your love, love tank first. Because sometimes those troubles will come because God wants your attention. As I already talked about this, Psalm 16:11. He said, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Hebrews 11.6 Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder. God rewards. He rewards. And he rewards those who diligently. Not intermittently. Now, sometimes in, sometimes out. Who diligently seek him? Number five, and the last one, is sacrifice. The foregoing of pleasure to show sacrifice. I love you, Lord. I'm passionate about you. I'm committed to you. But you're not ready to sacrifice anything for him. You don't love him. They are laughing, but it's true. If you're not ready to sacrifice your time, we need help, nobody shows up, you don't love him. When it's time to pay your tithe and you don't pay your tithe, you don't love him. It's hard, but it's the truth. When it's time to get out of bed, oh, it's so hot outside, do I have to go to that church again in this heat? Oh, they are doing the outreach, it's so hot, it's so cold. Mm. Pastor Angela and Pastor Mike will be there. I don't need to go. You don't love the Lord. Because if they said there was a million dollars to be shared in the church, nobody would be at home. Even people that don't come to this church will be here to pick up their own share. So you see what I'm talking about? 
When the, no matter how hot or cold it is, no matter what is going on at your job, do you not wake up and go? And even work over time? Don't you love your job? Why is it that when it comes to God, that's when you're tired? You wake up at 4 a.m. to be at work at 6. But to come for prayer, oh no, that bed is holding me too tight. You see what I'm talking about? Sacrifice is the way you show God that you love him. What are we willing to sacrifice for the Lord? What are we sacrificing right now for the Lord? Like I said, this message, I believe God wanted it to start getting all of us ready. We are going to get busy. We are going to get busy for the Lord. Nursing home ministry, we have a lot of ministries in this church. Like I was telling one of our pastors, I said, it seemed like we were in the survivor mode. I'm coming out, I'm, uh-uh, no more. It's time for work. The Bible says you can't put your hand on the plow and be looking back. We are putting our hand on the plow and we are going forward. Marriage ministry, we have those, what, what really matters. We have a couple here, they love, that's what they do. Young adults, it's still them doing it. We have where's uh, Scott and Jennifer. They do the uh, uh, Freedom in Christ, Deliverance Ministry. We have it here. We have meet and eat two times a month on Sunday evenings. We meet and we eat. I have not been going, but I've told myself now I will start going twice a month on Sunday evenings. I will start going. That's where you meet all the leaders and everybody that is new. That's where we meet each other and love on each other and get to know each other. We have the jail ministry that has been going strong. Every week we have souls saved. We're praying for people. We have the outreach ministry the first Saturday of every month where we give food out to people. We have the ushers ministry. We have the greeters ministry. We have the men's ministry. We have the women's ministry. We have the children's ministry. They went yesterday to the museum and some of the children told my, my daughter, this is the best fun they've had all summer. There were a lot of kids that went. Only a few people went with them to help those kids. There are things going on. And we're going to, all these ministries I talked about, beginning in September, you're going to see a lot of things happening. This message is to make all of us reassess ourselves so that we can get involved. So that at least you can tell, we're going to be going to apartments. We're going to be driving. We used to do that, drive around Cyprus and pray. We used to go two by two to people's homes to invite them to church. We are going to start doing those again. We are going to. And if you love the Lord, you are going to make the sacrifice. You are going to have the passion. You are going to be committed. So we can, do all, we can do it together. I don't want to go to heaven. I don't have a soul to point to and say, Lord, it's because of me. This person is here. And there are a lot of us here. <laughs> he raised his hand. He says, because of me. That's why he's in heaven. Let me tell you all about him before I close. Time is gone. I can't tell you all about Randy. Randy once wrote a, 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 a thing on Facebook and called me and my husband, the scum of the earth. Mm-hmm. But we chose to love him. We chose to just keep on no matter what. He raised his hand. That's why I said that. He told me one day, said, you can please tell me so they can know. But look at Randy today. Look at Randy. So committed now. He's there. Every, he's here praying every morning too. 
Because we have to reach out. Commitment to the things of God. Passion to the things of God. Sacrifice. So that when, even when somebody curses you out, you still keep loving them. Because you are loving God by loving them. Amen? That's what God is asking of us. Stand to your feet. I'm sorry I took more than the necessary time. But I needed to finish this today. Amen? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Who is ready to love God more than ever before? Who is ready to love God more than ever before? Yes, 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 yes. Father, we thank you. If you're here, we already prayed for those that are going through stress, but if you're sick in the body and you just need someone to agree with you, after we finish the service, please come out. I'm going to have our prayer partners come out then. But right now, before we do that, I just want to spend this last maybe two, three minutes to, to just pray some blessings over you. God has told me, don't ever let my people go without blessing them. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 9, the Lord God, raise your hands and receive. Please raise your hands, everybody. The Lord God will make you abound in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers. Father God, I prophesy today, I decree and I declare, O oh God, that there will be signs of increase and multiplication in the lives of your people in Jesus' name. Father God, we ask for signs and wonders and miracles in their lives this week in the name of Jesus. Father, let them know that your favor on their life is strong, O oh God. Father, let the people around them know that you have favored them for good and for increase, O oh God. Father, they are blessed going out and they are blessed coming in. Oh, because God has blessed you, no man can curse you. You are blessed, child of God. You are blessed in the name of the Father. You are blessed in the name of the Son. And you are blessed in the name of the Holy Ghost. Go into your week and conquer them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 All our prayer partners, please come out. If you need healing, if you need someone to agree with you, please come out and be prayed for in Jesus' name.